Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Duke LaMastra, and this is the Simple Power Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this week. This is episode number 29, and we're talking about responding to conflict. How does the kingdom respond to conflict? And when I talk about the kingdom, I just want you to know I'm not talking about anything weird. I'm simply talking about what Jesus talked about over and over again in the Bible, whether it was referred to as the kingdom of heaven or as the kingdom of God. If you break down that word kingdom, you get king dumb or the king's domain, the domain, the dominion of the king. Our king is Jesus. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we're talking about the domain, the dominion, the rule, the authority, the reign of our king, Jesus. Okay, so Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, he told his disciples in teaching them how to pray, he said, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the will of God to establish his kingdom, his domain, his dominion, his rule, his authority, his power here on the earth as it is in heaven. So as believers, as members of the family of God, of the kingdom of God, as kingdom people, we get to look into heaven. We get to look in the Bible and and discover who God is, what he's like, what his nature is, what he values, because that tells us what's permitted in the kingdom and what isn't. So we look at heaven we recognize there's no there's no sickness in heaven, there's no poverty in heaven, there's no hatred in heaven, there's no lack of peace, there's there's nothing like that going on in heaven. So what is our response when we're walking through conflict, difficulty, trouble, tribulation, persecution, whatever it is and whatever you want to call it, how do we respond? What should be our kingdom response? Because the world has their way of responding. And I've been talking here for the past few weeks here and there on the subject of fear and different things. And a lot of people are talking about fear right now because there's just there's a spirit of fear that is really governing our nation and the world around us because of the the circumstances that we're in right now. A lot of people are just afraid and freaking out, not sure what's going on. But our response needs to be different. And so I want to kind of base this discussion on something that Jesus said in John chapter 16. Verse 33, it's the last verse of that chapter. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There's a lot going on in that verse, and I want to kind of unpack it a little bit and break down a few different things going on there. So the first thing that Jesus said is, I have spoken these things to you, that in me you may have peace peace. So what was he speaking to them? Jesus had just gone through three whole chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, and it's going to continue on into chapter 17 as well. But we're at the end of chapter 16. So he's gone through three entire chapters of the Bible. It's really my favorite portion of the entire Bible. I really encourage you to read it sometime this week because there's just so much good there, so much life. And so Jesus is like, look, I've been speaking these things to you because I want you to understand that in me, you may have peace. So what was he speaking to them? He was speaking to them about a lot of different things, but he spoke to them uh, a lot. One of the reoccurring themes in these three chapters of the gospel of John, he was explaining to them about the Holy Spirit. He was saying things like, hey, I'm about to go away. This was, by the way, the last week, the last few days of Jesus's life before he would Uh, be crucified. He's kind of preparing them and telling them some things, getting them ready. And he's like, 
it's actually to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, then I will send the Holy Spirit. I'll send another helper, he says, or some translations use the, the, the word comforter. It's the Greek word parakletos, and it means one alongside of, like, or an intercessor, an advocate, somebody who stands alongside. So in these three chapters, he starts breaking things down. He starts talking about the Holy Spirit and how he says, it's to your advantage that I go away because when I go away, I'll send to you the Holy Spirit spirit. He's going to live inside of you. He's going to remind you of all the things that I've spoken to. He's going to bring them to your remembrance. He's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. In John chapter 15, he starts talking about the the way that he the first few verses talking about how he's the vine and we're the branches and how uh, we abide in him. He talks about hearing his voice, how my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He talks about so many just beautiful things about relationship. He talks about his relationship with the father and how he's one with the father and the father's in him. And if we've seen him, we've seen the father. That's in John chapter 14. There's all this stuff. And so then he comes to the end of John chapter 16 and he's like, these things, I've spoken these things to you so that you may have peace in me. The next phrase is so important because it really makes that in me, you may have peace. It just amplifies it to another level. He's like, in the world, you will have tribulation. So let me kind of flip that for for the point of clarity. In this world, you will have tribulation. There will be tribulation as far as promises go in the Bible. That's not my favorite one, but it it says that you will have tribulation, trouble. There'll be struggle. There'll be conflict. There'll be persecution. Bad things are going to happen as long as you live in this world because we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that's full of sin, imperfect people, all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. Like in this world, there's going to be tribulation. But before that, he prefaced it by saying, in me, you may have peace. And that's why I've told you all these things. That's why I've told you about the nature of who I am and who my father is. That's why I've told you about the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm going to give you this comforter, this Holy Spirit who's going to live inside of you. So here's the deal. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. And he would even, he even said in John chapter 15, he made this statement about how we're not of the world So he's like, look, this world, it's going to be full of tribulation. You're going to have trouble. There's going to be conflict. It's going to happen. But in me is where you find your peace. See, this world does this like up and down roller coaster kind of thing, whether it's the stock market, if it's the economy, if it's health, just whatever it is, the the world does this up and down kind of thing. And if we're not careful, we can, uh, we can be emotionally ruled and led and we can get caught up in that same thing so that our lives are like this, like one day or one week we're up here and another week we're down here. But we don't have to live that way because Christ is our peace and he lives on the inside of of us. The New Testament word for peace means to set at one again. It's like when things might be swirling out of control, but we can always recognize and rest in this peace that we have in Christ Jesus. He is our peace. Peace lives on the inside of us. Peace reigns on the inside of us. And so when that becomes the thing that governs our lives, here's the deal. We don't have to live based on the world's operating system. We have a better operating system. We have the operating system of heaven that we get to live under, that gets to reign and have its rule and authority. It gets to govern our lives. 
And so here's what I'm saying to you. When we get into the midst of conflict, we can't always control the conflict that's going on around us. Now, sometimes there are some things that you can do to alleviate conflict in your life, but a lot of times conflict just happens. It's just part of life. And so we need to learn how to navigate through that, not being reactionary to the conflict that's happening, but recognizing that, hold on, we have peace on the inside of us. We have the spirit of God living within us. This world is full of tribulation, but Jesus is not. (laughs) Heaven is not full of tribulation. And so he's like, recognize that in me, you may have peace, even though in the midst of this world, you will have tribulation. And then he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I love that statement, be of good cheer. It's something that you see over and over again. And depending on your translation of the Bible, whichever one you're using, I typically use the King James or the New King James. And it says, be of good cheer. That's a phrase that basically means to be of good courage, to have courage, to take courage, to not be afraid, to not allow fear to take over, but to allow courage to rule and to have its place in your life. And so here's the deal. It's actually a choice. It's actually a choice to be of good cheer because when you're when you find yourself in the midst of fear or you find yourself in the midst of a fearful situation you get to choose to respond differently. You can respond to that fear. You can react to that fear and begin to get into fear and allow fear to overcome you and take over your mind. But he's like, "Look, you don't have to do that." You can actually choose to be of good cheer. You can choose to be of good courage, to take courage and to stand in agreement with what God has said, with who God is, with the word of God, because you're not of this world. You are, you belong to the kingdom of God, to the family of God. And so the peace of God reigns on the inside of you. So he's like, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's already overcome the world. So what that means for us is that we stand in a place of victory. That has to be our mindset through this whole thing, through whatever we're going through, whatever the conflict is, whether it's right now with coronavirus or if it's something else, whatever it is, whatever the conflicts are, that we need to recognize that he has already overcome the world. He already has given us the victory. This same John that wrote the gospel of John would say later on in the book of first John that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So not only has Jesus already overcome the world, already uh, won the victory. He's, I don't know if you've read the back of the book, but he, but he's, he's won. He's already won. And the devil knows it too. It's just, it's, it's already done. It's already over. He already hung on that cross, gave his life and declared it is finished. You already have the victory. And John says again in first John, he says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. You and I are born of God. You'll find that in John chapter one. You'll find it in John chapter three, that we're born again. That phrase born again literally means to be born from above. We are born of God. God. We're born from above. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And so we don't have to respond like this world responds. We don't have to respond in fear. I'm not saying we don't take precautions and do different things. We, we, we do, you know, use wisdom in that area, but we don't have to respond in fear. We respond in faith, recognizing that he has already done it. He's already won the victory. He's already overcome the world. And let me just give you something that I think is a really, really cool example. In 
Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 27 and going through the end of that chapter, just a few verses there at the end of, of Acts chapter 11. The disciples, they're, they're in the city of Antioch, and these prophets had come up from the city of Jerusalem, and they were in Antioch. And one of the prophets, by the name of Agabus, he got up and he prophesied about this famine that he, he said he showed by the Spirit of God that a famine would come and that it would touch the entire world. That a famine was going to come and it was going to take place on a worldwide level. And it was so incredible to me the way that the disciples responded to that word. They accepted the word. And the next verse actually says that it actually did happen. We never hear about it again in the Bible. But the, but the Bible says right there in that verse that it actually did happen. But what the disciples determined to do upon hearing the word of the Lord that a famine was going to come and it was going to touch the entire world, instead of getting into fear and saying, oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive this? And they didn't start immediately hoarding up for themselves and figuring out how they were going to take care of themselves. What they did, their very initial response to this word that a famine was going to touch the entire world, including Antioch, where they were. Their response was, let's take up an offering and send it to our brethren who are in Judea. I think that is so awesome because even in the midst of this word that they were going to be experiencing this famine that was going to touch the entire world, they responded in love. They responded by focusing on others and putting others first. That's a kingdom response. A kingdom response is not, let me get into fear. Let me get into worry. It's not, let me hoard up for myself and figure out how to just look out for myself and take care of myself. It's recognizing, you know what? God is faithful. He's on his throne. He's in charge. His peace rules and reigns in my life. So yeah, I need to listen to him. I need to be smart. I need to follow his direction and stuff like that, but I'm going to allow him to take care of me. I'm going to allow him to take charge. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep doing what I've always done in terms of responding the right way. I'm not going to forget that I'm part of the kingdom. I'm not going to forget that he lives inside of me. I'm not going to forget who I am. And I'm definitely not going to forget who he is just because we're in the midst of trouble, of conflict, of persecution, of struggle, of coronavirus, of whatever. We respond to conflict the same way that we live our lives. We put God first. We put others first. We demonstrate the love of the Father. We demonstrate who God is. We respond in faith. We respond in obedience. So in other words, my friends, what I'm saying to you this week is simply don't become reactionary to the things that are happening in the world around you. Don't become reactionary to the conflict that's taking place in the world around you, in, in, in your family, in your city, wherever you are, whatever you're going through. Don't become reactionary to it. Recognize that the peace of God lives inside of you. So we don't have to do this up and down kind of a thing, but we rest in God. We respond according to the will of God, according to who God is. We don't change who we are just because the circumstances change, because I promise you that even when circumstances change, he never changes. He's just as faithful today as he was three months ago. He's just as faithful today as he was a month ago when they started closing everything down and you weren't able to go to work anymore. He's just as faithful today 
as he was five years ago when he got you out of that mess that you were in back then. He's just as faithful as he's always been. He doesn't change. And so our response to him stays the same. We respond based on the kingdom of God. We respond based on who we are. So those are my thoughts for this week, guys, on how we respond to conflict, how the kingdom responds to conflict. I'm not talking about pretending like there's nothing wrong. We recognize that there's something going going on, but it doesn't mean that it derails us because I'm telling you, the one who's faithful, the one who's seated on the throne, he still lives inside of you. He hasn't changed. So love you guys. Bless you. Have an awesome week. Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the Simple Power channel if you haven't already. That way you'll always get notified as soon as my episodes come out. I've got some more resources available to you on my Instagram and Facebook pages, also on my YouTube channel. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you can email me at duplamastra at gmail.com or just find me by searching duplamastra on any of those platforms that I mentioned. And I would love to connect with you further there. Have an awesome week, guys. I'll see you next time.